Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real-life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. On today's episode, we have an investor who went from an insane work schedule where he had little to no control over his time to a life where he calls the shots and spends his most valuable resource, his time, with the people he loves the most. I had the absolute pleasure of getting to know this guy personally within the last few weeks, and I am honored to have him on the show today. Let's give a superhero by design welcome to Tim Woodbridge. Tim, welcome to the show. Um, is it fanfare? Fanfare, right? That's right. Crowd. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, the pleasure it. is all mine. Thank you for coming on. So for everybody listening, Tim is the owner of Woodbridge Capital. He is also, well, was also a registered nurse turned mobile home park investor with hundreds of lots in almost a dozen mobile parks. I know you have multifamily and single family as well, but definitely the mobile home parks are the bulk of his portfolio. You can follow him also on Instagram at Tim.Woodbridge, and Woodbridge is spelled just like it sounds, Woodbridge. Also, check him out on Facebook under Tim Woodbridge. All right, man. I start every show the same way. I'm going to hit you with a very insightful, very deep question. You ready for it? Yeah, I think so. How you doing, man? Good, good. You know, uh, uh, let's see, my girlfriend and I, I just took my girlfriend to Florida for the weekend and we saw the Smashing Pumpkins live. And that like was one of her favorite bands in high school. It, it was, you know, up there for me in high school too. So it was amazing going down and seeing them. So, you know, that... getting used to like back to work uh, this Monday morning, but just thankful for the life I have. That's right. right now. I love how you're calling the shots. That is a bucket list band for me. I checked out your Instagram and I saw Billy Corgan several times on your videos. And man, he's looking old. Man, that makes me feel so old. I uh, this this weekend, just real quick, I saw Queens of the Stone Age myself, and nice. I like them. I'm not a, a huge huge fan, but they were really good to see. But man, seeing a band like Smashing Pumpkins, that would just be insane but as we get older man these musical artists get even older because they live much rougher lifestyles it seems like than than you and i but i digress anyways let's get let's get to the actual show today all right i had mentioned in the intro that you used to be a registered nurse and now you're not can you kind of walk us through i guess how you initially became a registered nurse and what got you out of that and into real estate full-time? Uh, yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, nursing, you know, I, I went into nursing because I like people. I like human biology. It's fascinating to me. And nursing was a safe career. Um, so, you know, I didn't go directly to college, like out of high school. I took some time, was thinking what I wanted to do. And I, I kind of fell into nursing. Um, I, yeah, you know, went, I got my bachelor's of science in nursing, um, thinking like, okay, this will be a good foundation. And then I just, I liked it. So I stuck with it for like nine ish years. I was a practicing nurse. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like I went to school and I was like, oh, you know, I can't wait till I'm a nurse. And then, you know, then things will be better. And I had that kind of mindset. Right. right? And, 
then then I'll be I'll be set. And then I was a nurse and then it's like, oh, there's all this personal discontent. Um, and like, OK, well, like what's next? And so, you know, uh, I moved to South Carolina. Um, I started reading a lot more and listening to a lot more podcasts. And and I say read, but I, I listen to audio books, yep. right? So like every other uh, real estate uh, entrepreneur, um, investor, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I it's so simplistic, but it's it was so life-changing. You know, I didn't know the terms asset. I didn't know the terms liability. Whether or not you want to agree with Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, uh, definitions, it doesn't matter. What mattered to me was that th these were new terms and it just opened up a whole world of possibility. So from there, you know, I was like, oh, okay, like let's just deep dive. And so real estate book, 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 podcast, podcast, podcast. And I just, I, I one of my superpowers is, is soaking up like all the information like I can and then like making a decision based on that information. So it took me a little bit, but eventually uh, I listened to the Bigger Pockets episode with Brandon Turner, mm. uh, where they, they interviewed Frank Rolfe. Um, and he's one of the biggest mobile home park uh, guys in the country. And, you know, he said, oh, like, like he was saying why he likes mobile home parks. And he was like, you know, they're, they're pretty stable. The asset's pretty stable. You got low expense ratio, you know, best case scenario. You got tenants who own their own homes. And it's, it's you know, there's just all these things that I was like, okay, I, I like that. Plus, it sounded, it was different than the norm. You know, everyone talked about houses and apartments and blah, 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 blah. But I am, you know, maybe a little bit weird, a little bit different, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, I see everyone going one way, I go the other. And that's just how my brain is, is wired for better or for worse. That's just how it is. Maybe it was listening to too much. Too much yeah, the alternative rock, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway. So it was, I was fascinated by that. So I, I did a deep dive um, on mobile home parks and yeah, you know, that, that was on my radar. So there's a website called mobilehomeparkstore.com, which Frank said in his, in that podcast. And so I was looking and Hey, look at that. There's a mobile home park for sale about an hour 15 from where right. I, I live. And uh, <laughs> like, I was talking to nurse friends about this because, you know, I'm still a nurse, um, still working as a nurse. And I'm like, hey, like, so this nurse I was working with, she was from this small town. And she, I, she actually, I believe, brought that to my attention because um, I told them about the website. And so she's like, oh, like, check this out. And I said, that's amazing. You should go talk to the owner, see why he's selling, and then we should, you know, do that. We should take care of it. We should buy it. And, you know, they, it, so it's her and her husband. They're both nurses. I work with both of them. They're my friends. And they, um, they didn't, you know, they didn't engage with that person. They were like, eh, you know, not really for us. And so I said, okay, well, shoot, why don't I do it? And so uh, I called the number on the listing and I was super nervous and I got a voicemail and I, didn't leave a voicemail, but I did send a text that said, uh, Hey, you know, I'm not sure if I'm, if I got the right person, but I'm looking for the owner of this park. Uh, if it's still available, give me a call. And like, 
everything I'm just nervous about, right. you know, but I'm moving forward through my anxiety or, you know, I wouldn't even call it anxiety. It's, it's a little bit of nervousness. Right. And, uh, he calls me back. And the thing is I had a great conversation with him. You know, I just asked about him. It's just talking to someone, you know, he's, he's a, a, re, a retired pharmacist. He's looking to get rid of the park. His, his daughter's in Chicago. He wants to go spend time with his daughter, her husband, and their, their baby. He wants to spend time with his grandbaby, and he wants this thing off his hands. And so it was just me talking to someone and, and asking questions, right? Why are you selling, you know, and, and just being a, a human, yeah. just asking, talking to people like they're people, not like they're uh, the ends to a mean, talking to people as, uh, you know, this I'm, I'm genuinely curious about well, that's him. the crazy thing about sales and, is you don't have to be salesy. You just have to be yourself and just ask questions and be genuinely interested. Listen to what they say, listen to their pain points, what they want, what they don't want. And it's just like interacting with a friend or an acquaintance or something like that. It's not this thing, you know, early in my career, I, I thought of it. I was so nervous to talk to sellers and I thought that I had to say the smoothest thing and have a counter for everything they, <laughs> they said. And I was just, I was super nervous too, but like, I just love how you were saying, you know, all the weight just dropped off your shoulders. It sounds like from just talking to them, just like everyday person. It's, it's awesome. There's no agenda, just, Hey, what's going on? What's your situation? Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, he invited me up to see the park. And so, you know, I drove up, um, saw it like you know i'm i'm driving to some place totally new like i'm a, from southern california from the city right and so i'm going someplace very rural and it's it's just it was new to me so the same nervousness was there but like it, there's you know worry and excitement and all the the feelings and i go i meet him and his brother and they show me the park and then you know i put together my offer and it was way lower than he was asking and it wasn't because I was trying to be a jerk. It was because based off all my research and ever, all the numbers I ran, this was what I could give, yeah. right? So we, we go to lunch and I, I'm pulling out the paperwork. I'm explaining my rationale. So again, it's not just me lowballing. It's man, like, I know you want this price, but based on this, 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 I can only offer you this. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was substantially lower than he was mm -hmm. asking. He said automatically, no, I said, no, no, I can't do that. And he said, I can't do anything less than this. And I said, okay, um, well, if I can get you that, can we, can you, will you sell it to me for that? And he said, yes. And I was so green. I didn't even have any other, like I had one purchase and sales agreement for the one price that I had. I didn't have anything else. So I left there, no side oh, PSA, shit. nothing, you know, he could have been like, screw this guy, I'm done. But he, he, was a, he is a man of his word. And he said, you know, okay, if you can figure out how to buy it for me, uh, from me for that price, then I'll when, sell it to you. I'm, and uh, I asked I wanna, you, I wanna interject real quick. It? I'm a huge, I don't know yeah, if you're, yeah. you're, you're prob you've probably read Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference book. One thing I do yes, want to point yes. out about this story is he said no. And in any negotiation, 
you want them to say no, and you want them to say it as early in the conversation as they can, because once somebody says no, internally, they feel like they've, they've put up this, this protective barrier, not that, you know, they're trying to yeah. protect themselves yeah. physically from you or anything like that, but that essentially makes them feel in their mind, like they're in control of the situation. Not that we're trying to control things, but at the same time, it is so important to hear no first because then you can work from there and ultimately get a yes. So I wanted to point that out that the first no did not deter you. Yeah. I mean, you know, start with no, right. That's a, I believe another book. Um, always start with no. And anyway, yeah, it, it's, and it, the funny thing is, you know, you can know the psychology, you can know everything behind it. I know, you know, start with no. Um, and I find myself also, like if someone's doing an offer, my early, early reaction is usually no. You know, like, hey, blah, 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 this. And I'm no. And then it's like, like I say it with the knowledge that I need to say this first and then maybe we can have a discussion. You know, it's, it's a maybe, but my no gives me that power in the same way that when I'm making an offer, I'm going for no, and then I can, okay, but, but how, you know, what about this? Is exactly. That? So I love that. Know, I, I love that. that. So obviously you didn't have a, a second PSA with you. You left. How'd things continue on from there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I left. Um, oh, so when I, we agreed on the price, I asked him if he'd finance the whole thing. Ooh, um, seller financing. Nice. And like, shout out to, to my first, real estate meetup that I, I still go to. Um, it was all about like, they're all about creative, you know, how can we do things creatively? How can we stay away from banks? And so, you know, that was just, it, it wasn't planned. It was just my, the, the question I asked because I was around these people enough that, okay, how about finance me the whole 250? And he said, no, I'll finance you 50. So, okay. So it took a long time of finding a bank who would lend. It was only 10 to 36 occupied. So it was very difficult. We go to a local bank, uh, someone that the seller knew the, like grew up with the, the, um, vice president of the bank. And so it's totally who, not how in this scenario. Right. So, right. uh, yeah, you know, we met the, the, who he said, okay, I'll lend you 75%. The, uh, seller, you know, went back to him he would lend the $50,000. So we only ended up having to put like $25,000 down plus closing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was a lot of no's man. And I just kept working through the no's like, okay, I, I, I feel like I'm probably stronger because of all the no's I hear that it's like, okay, like I, I go for that now. There's it's I'm not deterred by it. I I prefer, like you said, you know, I prefer the no up front so we can figure out, okay, why? Yeah, exactly. It it kind of puts a, a not a not a line in the sand, but a, a stake point, right? Okay, we're here now. This is definitely a no. And yeah, once you start getting told no, then you can flip it on its head. That's what I like to do in, in a negotiation is like I'm expecting to get a no. And if I don't get it, that's awesome. But if I do get it, I'm like, okay, this is the first step. You know, this is the first step towards a yes. And I just, I just love that part of it. So in this first deal, part seller financing, part bank financing, part raising money, whether it's your own capital, friends, family, or other investors, 
you get this thing purchased. You said 10 out of 36 or so mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. units were not or were occupied. So it sounds like I'm not a mobile home park guy, but it sounds like there's a huge value add to this project. Huge, huge value add. And, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I had to get more homes into the park and that's, that's it. Um, and so, I mean, it was a lot of struggling to figure things out. It was, you know, I have a, a good friend who is, has more experience in the space than I do. So he kind of helped guide me. Um, I definitely wish I would have not have been as stubborn as I can be. And like, I'll figure this out myself. Ha ha ha. Oh, right. Um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, if I could have leaned on people a little bit more, I probably would have gone faster. But anyway, like, yeah, figured out how to run it. Um, this was end of 2019. Uh, 2020, COVID hits, we all know. And everything's shutting down in like March 2020. And Legacy Manufactured Home says, you know, we want to keep our factories open. We will finance 100% of these homes to park owners who've got vacancy. And so uh, they're like, you just have to pay for setup. Um, so in, in bringing in a mobile home, you know, you, you buy the home and then you pay to have it set up. Those are, you know, your two big things. Oh, well, you buy the home, you ship it and you pay it, whatever, pay to have it set up. So we, uh, we bought seven of the homes and, you know, I, put a lot of money, like put a lot of the setup on like personal credit cards and like, oh man, it was a lot of figuring out like, how the hell am I going to do this? And a lot of stress because again, how the hell am I going to do this? Um, and, but you know, we, we got the home set up, we got them occupied, two people brought in their homes. So like a, a more organic moving. So yep. that, that put us at, um, 19 of 36 occupied. We refied out, paid the seller off his, his seller carry, paid the original bank nice. loan, paid my partner off the 25 he brought, paid me back the six. Um, and, you know, we got like a little bit of money, but mostly had like a low leveraged um, uh, deal because we, we raised the value more than double what we paid for in a little over a year. Um, I mean, it was a small deal, no, but like, it was a substantial thing and it was proof of concept to me that like, oh, this is how you do that, right? Right. No, that's incredible. And I think at that point too, interest rates were very desirable. And it's like 4.95. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, trust me, I, I just did a refi last week. I'm at eight, eight and a half percent. So uh, yeah. 4.95 sounds like heaven yeah. right now. Or commercial? Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Commercial loan. Yeah. Exactly yeah. it. So but I, I just love, you know, the burst strategy essentially. And for people that don't know what it is, it's uh, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So essentially you raised money with your partner. Yeah, some came out of pocket, but I'm sure you could have raised that as well. You did seller financing, bank financing, like we talked about, got this thing up, cash flowing a lot more, took advantage too of what these mobile home builders we're doing at a, at a time, a crisis, mm -hmm. you were able mm -hmm. to provide a solution that was beneficial for both of you guys. You pay everybody off, get it refied, have a cash flowing mobile home park. And there's still even more potential yeah. to get another, uh, another shoot over a dozen units there. 
and really hammer this thing. So yeah, that that's an incredible story for your, your first, your first mobile home park deal. That is a lot crazier than my first, <laughs> first sip of little rehab that <laughs> must've been pretty nerve wracking, but yeah, I appreciate you sharing about being nervous through this because that's normal. Anytime I've grown in this space or done something new, it's nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. It is very nerve wracking, but you push through that. The nerves are never going to go away. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn how to push through them. And I love also how you talk about taking it on yourself more than you probably should have without using your resources or the people around you more often. And you say, you use the word stubbornness. I'm the same way. I can be so stubborn and it's so much easier, so much simpler, so much more fun getting other people involved, even if it's, if, if they're not partners or anything, just picking people's brains, getting ideas from them, being in these rooms, so to speak, with other people who have done this, like they can see 10, 10 steps past where you're looking at these next couple steps. And it's so important because uh, it saves a lot of time, heartache and money at the end of the day. There's a lot of anxiety, right? And it's it, like you were saying, it's not that it goes away because the bigger I get, the more things that are there to be anxious about. Right. But the more I do this, the more I can recognize, like, if I'm really anxious about something, it's like, okay, how can I, how can I work with that? The anxiety, you know, it's not going to go away. And like some of it's good, but if it's too much, then it's, it's listening to my body and like, okay, is this a sign that I need to uh, uh, delegate some of this stuff? You know, is this a sign that I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not as good at it? Can I pay uh, someone, either a virtual assistant, a remote t- team member, or, or you know, figure out a better system for this? Because for me, like with a little anxiety is good and it gets me going. Too much anxiety and I just I just shut down. And right. I used to be more angry about myself, about doing that. It's like, just freaking do it. Just, But now it's like, I, I have more grace with myself and I have more patience with myself and I have uh, more understanding that like, okay, if I'm at that point, then I do, I need to take a step back. That's going to be the best case for me and for the project. So if I take a step back, then I can kind of reassess that and if I'm shutting down, there's no fighting through me shutting down. There's acceptance and, you know, working with it, working with my emotions rather than trying to work against them. Because you can't, you're, the emotions are always going to win. It's, it's a stupid fight that I've, I've, you know, realized. So it's like, okay, give a little bit of grace to yourself and uh, keep moving forward. I love that. Yeah. It's so important. Like, I fall victim. Well, I don't say there's victims. There's just volunteers. I volunteer to just let my emotions control sometimes. And I get stuck in my head and usually it's not good thoughts, not empowering thoughts, negative emotions, what have you. So even on a daily basis, carving out that time, whether it's in the morning, at night, sometime during the day, that when you start, like you said, feeling these emotions, take a step back assess what's going on. Like, why am I feeling anxious or nervous or frustrated? These are just signals telling me, Hey, let's kind of dig a little bit deeper here and see what's going on. And like you said, I just love that. Like 
Is this something I should be doing myself? Do I enjoy doing this or can I hire it out? Can I delegate it? Can I bring somebody in maybe as a partner? Who knows? It just depends on what the situation is. But if you're not, yeah, it, it definitely, there's some anxiety, some stress or else you're not growing. There has to be friction. But at the same time, if it's chronic and you start waking up every morning, not wanting to, to freaking kill it, like that's the whole reason we got out of the, the W2 game, the rat race, so to speak. Like if we're not enjoying it, then what the heck are we even here doing for? So just checking in, like you said, with yourself a little bit and using those signals as ways to be like, okay, maybe I have to do this a little bit differently than I initially thought. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, what's, what's interesting. So, you know, I, I took down a couple other parks with friends. Um, and so I was at like, right. I took, I took down one more and it was, you know, I was still a nurse having these two parks and, and mostly managing them. Um, and it's like the same thing. So my last nurse job, right. It would have been a great job if they staffed it well, but it was always poorly staffed. And so I was doing more people's, you know, my job and another person's job. And it was like the, I I got to the point where I was waking up and I would hated going into work Mm. and I never like hated other jobs, you know, like it, they, they suck at parts, but like, I never like dreaded going into work and I realized, okay, well, you've got a little bit of money saved. You got a couple, you know, uh, mobile home parks, maybe you should just quit and just figure it out. And I did. And I, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have the amount of money coming in that I needed to, to support my lifestyle, not even close. Um, but I also knew that I would figure it out. And there was, it was a roller coaster, you know, it was a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I mean, shoot, you know, so that was almost, Two years ago, uh, next month is when I quit my last nursing job. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, real quick about nursing. I've never been a nurse, nor do I play one on TV, but I hear nursing doctors, all that the whole, you know, the medical uh, profession in general are some of the most unhealthy people around. The schedules are crazy, Mm 12-hour shifts, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you pick up multiple shifts, shifts in a row, not just two maybe three, four, I heard some people oh, yeah. have taken five 12 hour shifts. Yeah. And so like, did you, you're, you seem like a pretty fit guy from Instagram. I see you love to travel and all of that, but did you feel like there was also the health issue going on? Um, obviously emotional health is huge. Was there also physical health things going on because of the style of work or, or can you tap um, into that a little bit? So like emotional and, and like physical uh, like that's, that's hand in hand for me. Right. So like, if I'm distressed, then I'm probably eating poorly. Or if I'm, yeah, if, if things aren't well with me emotionally and, you know, mentally all that, it's like, it's all together. So sure. I worked, you know, and I was used to doing three twelves in a row, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for a long time. And then I'd work another eight hour shift on Monday. Um, so, you know, 44 hours in four days. Um, I mean, you get used to it, but I'd say more, it was, it was me and everyone else around me, um, 
bitching about, you know, the job that mm. we're doing. And it's, it's, um, I don't know, man, it was, it, it got to the point where it's like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Okay. We'll talk about complaining about the job and stuff like that. And like that, I mean, that'll wear you down more than anything. It wore me down. Right. Toxicity. Um, yeah. Yep. And it's not like anyone's trying to come in. That's just how it is. No. You know, it's hard everybody's a good person, right? It's not, these aren't bad people. Like freak, they're freaking helping people yeah. for a living. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Like I remember when I was in my W2, like part of the time we would love just to go to lunch so we could gossip about what's going on with the higher ups or other people or clients of ours and all of that. And yeah, the culture is such an important thing and finding yourself in that sort of situation. But a lot of times you don't even realize what you're in once again, like we talked about earlier until you take a step back and really evaluate, okay, what's, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. You started to realize that you woke up and did not want to go in and you know what the alternative not being able to provide for your lifestyle seemed like a hell of a lot better thing than what you were getting up for. Yeah. So that's, um, and like you said, I, I was kind of the same way. I kind of just ripped that bandaid off, jumped out of my W2 and just went full steam. I made $0 my first month. Second month, I made about five grand enough for my, uh, my living expenses at the time. And I've never looked back. Now, some of that was like a solo entrepreneur trade time for money through engineering and all that. But I was creative in what I did. And I said, you know what? I just want to do this myself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy because, you know, we trade a lot of people, our W-2, which is usually around 40 hours a week for our own uh, enterprise, which uh, sometimes even doubles or two and a half times the amount of hours we work in a week and we're not making as much, nearly as much mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So some people think we're absolutely insane. Let go of that security. Can you walk through a little bit of, yeah, just after you made the leap and um, what what went through that, those next few months, years? Man, it, it was a, <laughs> so it's scary. It was super scary. And it took me probably a year to a year and a half to really like, uh, get like, okay, what should I be doing? Right. Because for the longest time, I just let things guide me, you know, like, mm. okay, this, this needs attention. I'm going to give it attention now and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I went and I was like, oh, I, you know, I love mobile home parks, but that's more long-term I need, you know, living capital. So I was like, what sounds good real estate wise? How about okay, let's, let's look into single family wholesaling. And I'm not crazy about that. Not at all, man. But I was like, I see so many people making so much money, so I should do that too. Um, you know, that'll all have wholesaling and then mobile home parks. And I lost a ton of money, uh, you know, trying to support that and, you know, marketing and blah, 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 you know, VAs and, and all that stuff. And you know, I, I realized, um, that's, it's, I'm just not great at it and I, I don't like it. I don't really like it. I like the idea of money. I like the idea of bringing in a lot of money every month. And I mean, shit, I still like the idea of bringing in a lot of money every month, 
but I'm more like focused on that. Like if I don't enjoy the process, like I enjoy mobile home parks. I enjoy the process of setting up systems. I enjoy, you know, uh, uh, affordable housing. I enjoy uh, getting people into affordable housing that probably couldn't afford uh, other things. And I, I like, they, they make mobile home park or mobile homes really nice now for really cheap in the grand scheme of things. So a lot of what I do, like all those homes that I bought, the new homes, like I, I'm renting to own to people who wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all these things I enjoy. I really like about mobile home parks. So that's why I'm successful at it because I enjoy it because for all the times that suck, I'm like, well, these are the problems that I wish I had three years ago or two years ago or four, whatever. Right. So I can, I can be content with that and like, okay, I'm building something that I want to keep working towards. So it's, it's, it's like uh, doing work that's satisfying to me. You know, I'm going to continue doing that work. I, I'm not going to continue doing a job that has the potential to pay if I don't really enjoy it. So that's right. No, I, I love that. And the crazy thing too, that you had mentioned is you didn't enjoy wholesaling and you didn't do very well at it, Yeah. but you enjoy mobile home parks and you're doing very well at it. I, I that is not a coincidence that the energy that you're putting into something will either keep it growing or it's going to die. And, uh, you know, that's super important. And also finding out, yeah, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Usually if you're not good at something and you've given it a shot, right? Like I've tried to buy houses all the time. That's not my strength. My strength is in the middle of the project. After you buy something and you really need to get the work done, whether it's a rehab, a development, mm. you know, the middle part, the construction part, that's where I excel not the front end buy, not the back end sell. But what I've done over the years is I've partnered up with people that are really good and really enjoy the looking for and the buying and then the selling and all of that. And I can underwrite a deal like nobody else, but at the same time, that's not what I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I love getting deals with people, but then I love working on them and that's what, that's what I've done over the years. And it's worked really well because there's a lot of people that are good at sales, good on the front end, good on the back end, selling all of that, but they don't know much about construction or rehabs or anything like that. And so being able to partner with those people, you could do more projects, you could do bigger projects. Mm -hmm. and like we talked about before, working with people is a whole hell of a lot more fun than doing all of this on an island by yourself because it's going to be slow. It's going to be difficult and you're not going to reach your full potential whatsoever. So yeah, I just, I love you sharing that and, and talking about that. I think that's so powerful to enjoy what you're doing, not even for yourself. That's so important, but also you're going to do so much better and excel so much more. Dude, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm similar to you. Like I like the, the middle, I like tending the garden. Right. So it's like, you know, there are people who go out and go out for the kill, whatever the acquisition people. And like, I'm, that's, that's fun. Sometimes I enjoy talking with people, but I, I don't like, I'm, I'm not going to be your guy who's like negotiating back and forth. Um, I'm more like the problem solver. Okay. How can I give you everything that you want? But like, so that goes to the, you know, it's not the sexy acquisition or the disposition. It's the, the value I think, um, of, 
tending what you have and making sure that it's uh, performing well, um, whether it's yeah, going in and, and renovating and making it all like super nice for the dispo person or making it, you know, long-term nice so it can cash flow. Um, it's that's that, especially right now, I think that is key. I think people who are not good at that are getting bit and need to bring me or someone similar in to asset manage their property. <laughs> I'm with you hundred percent, especially since, uh, the margins for error are getting so much smaller since past year or so people just overspend on what they buy you know they always say in real estate you make your money when you buy mm. you don't make your money when you sell and i feel like a lot of people are in the next year or two are going to be caught with their pants down because they bought way too high because they thought that it was going to keep going off like a rocket ship like it has for the last 15 years that ain't true that mm. ain't happening so speaking of the future what does the future of mobile home parks look like we have a housing shortage in this country Lots of people are struggling because of interest rates and uh, and everything, you know, higher price of living and all of that through inflation. So my guess is mobile home parks are actually one of those asset classes that are, I think, going to boom. But you can speak more to that than me. I, I mean, I think so. You know, I think there is a need and I am helping to fulfill that need, you know, affordable housing. Everyone talks, we need more affordable housing. No one wants to put in new mobile home parks, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, what, like, what are you guys talking about then? You know, you want, like, it's easy to say we need something. It's harder to do something. And so, uh, yeah, long-term, I am very, very, very bullish on mobile home parks. I think, you know, everyone needs a place to live. You don't need, you know, no one needs an A-class apartment. I mean, need, right? Need, need at the very, very base, uh, uh, breaking the word down. Everyone needs a place to sleep. Um, they don't need to, to be the nicest place ever. And yeah, if inflation keeps trending, you know, I mean, everything's a cycle, right? So inflation will be up, inflation will be down, whatever. Um, I'm the low and slow and non-sexy stable asset. That's my jam, you know? I'm not a airbnb kind of person i'm not a uh you know oh my god this is gonna you know make all the money and like besides besides wholesaling right I, i've learned my lesson from that i i need to stick with low and slow that's my personality i'm not a flashy person i'm not a uh you know oh my god this is gonna make a million bucks overnight i'm a okay let's i want to make like 10 million over the next 10 years so it's my preference. I love that. I love that. And that's understanding, yeah, what pace you want to go at, right? Mm -hmm. Airbnb is hot, sexy. That's the space I'm in. But when things move at, at lightning speed, we're, we're experiencing a bump right now, especially here in Nashville. Occupancy yeah. is way down. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, commercial space, they talk about all those bridge loans maturing in the next year or two as well. There's going to be a lot of blood in the water so to speak and it's like what what are you able to stomach what do you want to live with day in and day out you know there's a lot of people that invest in oil and gas and that is like gambling right like you can get super rich but you can go broke the house can get you yeah. pretty darn quick when you drill for oil and things like that so what's what's your appetite right and yeah. at the same time though i think it's still important to push yourself because my appetite 
if I didn't keep pushing myself and do bigger projects and add zeros to those projects and continually push myself, then I would have kept where I was when I first did this and just flip a house a year, mm -hmm. flip two houses a year, be very safe and not continue to grow. But I honestly feel like if we're not growing, we're dying. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. also at the same point time, it's important to understand yourself, but it's under important to understand that like these discomfort, these feelings of whether it's a little bit of anxiety or stress or what have you, that's important too, to work through that and push through that. And I think that's the hardest thing is to decide, yeah, am I pushing myself to the edge or am I going to push myself over? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think people, that's where you really have to start understanding who you are and what, what, what you can do. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun balance and it's, it's definitely, it's like riding a wave, right? So, you know, there's trends or cycles, there's too far, there's not far enough and whatever. Um, and I forget, I forget the exact quote, um, but David Bowie, who is one of my all time favorites, right? Uh, when he died, I got a tattoo of David Bowie because he's just like a big influence on not just music, but like on, on living in a lot of ways. But he, his quote is basically, you know, go, go on out into the water and wait on out until, you know, you get to a point where you can barely, your toes can barely touch the, the bottom. And that's when you're ready to do something exciting. And so it's, you know, you, you don't, don't you're, you're not going to do anything exciting on the shore. You're not going to do anything exciting if you're safe. You got to have a, a little bit of danger. You know, you're not dropping yourself into the middle of the ocean, just a little bit of danger. Um, but yeah, there's, a, I agree. Always move forward. Um, always go to a place where you're a little bit uncomfortable and things are a little bit new and that's where you'll, you'll grow the most. That's right. That's right. I love that. All right. I'm going to ask you a few superhero questions. If you're ready, these are going to be kind of like lightning round, like boom, 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 boom. You're right. Yep. Awesome. All right. I don't know if you have a nickname or superhero name, but if you had a superhero name, what would it be? Oh man, it, it would probably be like the opposite of the flash. It'd be like the tortoise or something or, or, or the, the ox, the ox, you know, it's, uh, uh, low and slow, but like keeps going, keeps persisting, man. I love that. I love that. And it's so suiting that your last name is wood bridge, yeah. ox, yoke, wood. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I love, I love the dad joke. So Tim, the ox wood bridge. Yeah. What are some of your superpowers? So let's see, creative deal structuring, um, setting up systems for um, like management, like tending gardens. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are the, the big things that I focus on. I can't, I don't find like mess with cold leads, but if someone's like, hey, this person wants to sell, but there's a disconnect between whatever, it's like, okay, let's figure that out. I like creative, so. It, it makes my, my brain go into like super, you know, over, over a drive. I love that problem. Yeah. Problem solving skills for sure. I would say something else that I've noticed about you that I would consider a superpower is how self-aware you are of yourself, especially being, being a man, like understanding your feelings, your emotions. Um, was that always the case for you or was that something no. that you really had to work no, on? No. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of personal work, a lot of personal growth and, you know, a lot of reading and a lot of talking to therapists and, 
you know, a lot of talking to friends and just a lot of self-reflection. Um, so like, I like giving myself grace and being kinder to myself has only something that I've started in the past two and a half years or so. And I'm not, I'm, I'm naturally hard on myself, very, very hard on myself. So it has been, um, very, very life-changing, uh, just giving myself the grace and the, yeah, like, it's okay for me to be wrong. It's okay for me to mess up. You know, it's not the end of the world. I'm not a piece of shit. Um, and then that, that is, you know, it's a lot of negative self-talk. So it's slowly self-accepting myself and, and my, you know, limitations. So, but it's, Oh my gosh, it should be like the foundation. Anyone who's like, I want to be an entrepreneur, know how you are, you know, know how you are in some situations and uh, be kind to yourself. One, one of the things that kind of was a breakthrough for me is my, my coach told me one time, he was like, yeah, I was saying some stuff that I would say about myself because I was the same way, like really just hard on myself. He'd be like, would you talk to your brother that way? Would you talk to somebody you love yeah. that way? I was like, well, of course not. He's like, then why are you talking to yourself like that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. I would not accept talking to anybody, even if I didn't care for them, the way I talked to myself. And that, for me, was a huge breakthrough. I was just like, holy crap. Like, mm-hmm. why, do, why, why, why do I give myself to bash on myself a pass? Right? So I, I appreciate you sharing that because I feel like, hard driven people, people that get into this line of work, a lot of times are, can be perfectionists or, you know, they, they, they live on really like just fight or flight all day, every day. And that's where you get burnt out. That's where Mm -hmm. you really can wear yourself down and, and just expend all this energy, you know, take all that energy and shoot, just expend a quarter of that in your business or your health or any of that. Oh my God, you will make life altering changes immediately just by changing how you, how you use your energy day in and day out. Mm-hmm. It's just, I know it's easier said than done, but like you talked about having these conversations, absorbing that material and really being aware of who you are. So now once you're aware, now you can start making these changes. Yeah. And you know, um, but so perfection is the enemy of progress. And also, uh, I really like Mark Manson, the subtle art of not giving a, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's a great read and it's, it's funny straight to the point, but like, totally, you know, like don't care about all the BS care about what is meaningful and important to you. Couldn't agree more. All right. Who are some of your real life superheroes? Um, I mean, my parents, my mom and dad for different reasons, either for helping me learn how I want to be or helping me learn how I don't want to be. Um, and, you know, everyone like who has come before me, who has kind of like guided me and helped. Um, I, I think instead of seeing people as like superheroes, I see them as like, you know, someone who's wise, like, how can I, how can I get their wisdom you know, how can I take the best parts of them and, and kind of bring it into myself? You know, how can I learn? How can I stand on the shoulders of giants sort of things? You know, like, 
I don't see anyone as like, oh my God, this person's a superhero because that makes them like uh, separate. I see them like, oh my God, they're an amazing person. Like I would love to go through the same struggles that they did to make them, uh, to help make me as amazing as they are. So that's incredible. I've never heard it phrased that way, but I, I, I really like what you just said. I think that's so powerful. All right. For everybody listening, what's the best, easiest way for somebody to get a hold of you? Cause I know you, we didn't talk about it, but you have a capital raising company. Obviously you're interested in mobile home parks and all of that. So what's, what's a good way for people to get a hold of you? Just reach out, just reach out on, on Facebook, on Instagram. I mean, you can Calendly me, you know, throw my Calendly in the, the show notes and whatnot. I'm always down for a conversation. I'm not like, I'm a very busy person, but I'm not like unreachable, not at all. I love talking about this. I'll talk about it with anyone. Um, I made like a tiny little loom video. That's like the basics of mobile home parks. Nothing official, man. It's just me talking about what I know. Um, I'm, you know, I can send that to anyone. Reach out to me. Um, my email is Woodbridge, R-E-I, like real estate investments at gmail.com. Super simple, super, I, I, I like to keep things simple because complex is, uh, I, don't, I don't like complex if I can help it. You know, when I'm telling people about their returns, I'm like 16 to 20% AAR, average annual return, 2x equity multiple in five years. You know, if you want, if you want to know more, we can dive deeper into more, but man, let's keep it simple. This year you'll make this blah, 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 until you get paid out. Like, let's keep things simple. I don't need to, you know, juice numbers by saying, oh, look at this IRR so, so high. But it's like, oh, well, I'm paying you back in three months. Well, of course the IRR is high and blah, 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 blah. It's just over, overly convoluted for no reason. So I love that. And it makes deal, you know, uh, negotiating so much easier because it's either a yes or a no. It, it just, it doesn't get cloudy or, or gray area at that point. It's like, is it going to make me this return now? And then in the future, is it going to look like this? If the answer is yes, let's figure it out. Yeah. If it's no, be like, well, this is what I can do. And you know, if you can, great. If not, well, there's always another right. deal. Always another. Deal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm here to help. I, I enjoy helping people. It's my personality. Maybe it's a bleed through from the, the nursing side, right? Um, there we go. Yeah. Anyone who's interested, hit me up. It all comes around full circle. I love that. Well, if you could leave the listeners with one sage-like advice, piece of information, what would it be? Just be kind to yourself and keep moving forward. Love it. Love it. Pat yourself on the back and then pat yourself on the butt to keep going. That's it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell people, yeah, give them two pats on the shoulder and one hard kick in the ass. And uh, that's usually the right way to go. So do that to yourself. Love two it. pats on the back, one kick in the butt. You'll be good to go. So for everybody listening, this is the one, the only Tim Woodbridge. He is the owner of Woodbridge Capital. Like we talked about, he was a registered nurse, but now he is a home mobile home park investor with hundreds of lots in almost a dozen mobile home parks. Follow him on Facebook, Tim Woodbridge, or Instagram at Tim.Woodbridge. Well, Tim, he's always come way too quick. 
but I had a fantastic time talking to you today. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. And I know through the Action Academy, shout out to Brian Lubin, mm. we are going to keep talking, keep working with one another, keep giving, growing, and just making this uh, the best life we can. So I really appreciate you having, uh, having you on today. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you letting me come on. And uh, yeah, enjoy the conversation. Awesome. Well, for everybody listening, this is the Superhero by Design podcast. You could be anywhere doing anything with anyone, but you chose to be here with me and my fantastic guest, just like Tim. So once again, I appreciate you being here. And remember, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's out. 